We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. This kind of shit right here. This, this kind of shit is going to get you kicked off the show. Get me kicked off the show. All you got to do is you can figure out how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it either. Yeah. That's the worst problem. You keep telling me like I know how to figure this I shit like out. I like it. I like the way that it is. If you like it, why do you keep bringing it up? That's just a valid question. Because I Thank know Chris you. doesn't like it. No, no, no. That's not true. I've yeah. never said a word about it. I said I didn't even hear it. And you brought it up not once, but twice now. There's a hiss in the show, everybody. There's a hiss. Right. You're like when Your hair is extra long in the back. It doesn't bother me. I like it, but I want you to know it looks extra long. It's a mullet. It's a fashionable statement, okay? And a hiss on the show, which you keep bringing up, uh, very different. Very different. $170 dollar haircut. It, not one. No, my son. My son got his haircut. Sorry. I got a haircut and a beard trim. God damn. Kids so, cuts $170. $170. Now, my kid, baby. <laughs> in this economy, $170. Yeah, I, I literally, thought, as soon as I got in the car, I was like, huh. <laughs> this is, yeah. I'm like, um, that's a lot for a haircut. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I, had a, I had a conversation with my wife. I'm like, it's time to shave it, baby. In an hour, in an hour right? Uh, Yeah, about an hour. I think I spent 170 bucks for the year. 170 dollars per hour. First of all, you use mane and tail as shampoo. Don't come at me with that bullshit. Selson <laughs> oh, blue. Selson yeah, blue. That's even worse. Are you serious? I don't even know what. Oh no, man, I don't know. What I don't is. know what any of this is. This is like different language right now. What do you use like berries. What like is coming it? to America? Yeah. What are you using over there? <laughs> Do- Dove, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Dove. You mean Dove? No, no it's a uh, native. This native brand. Wait, I'm sorry. This is a serious conversation? Yeah, I'm serious. Use a native brand for your shampoo? Yeah. Like Native American? No, it's just called Native. I think that's what it's called. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Nivea? No. I don't really know how to transition to an intro from this shit, so. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. We got a little sidetracked. Um, One of the three amigos was being a little sassy. You can guess which one that was. Guilty. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, for those of you who are confused, don't be. This is the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. Sitting next to me is my salty partner in time, the one and only Said Omar. Mm, thank you, Chris. So salty. Sitting next to me is my partner in crime, Christopher Nahibi. And behind the ones and twos, the man, the myth, the legend. The man who just farted his ass off in the other room. It was bad. <laughs> He waited. He waited for yeah. you to come in. No, that's a, that's no, what do you mean come in? I, I have a respect it. for both of you guys to go into the room. He looked the at me. The door closed. He looked. He made eye contact with me like, yeah, no, he smells it. That's DJ Arun, everybody. <laughs> the worst is when you got up, you're like, oh, I have to go get something. I was like, oh, shit, too late. You, you could have warned me. Oh, you could have said, I'll get it. Instead, you let me walk into whatever that fucking was out there. Oh, you're not above this. You do this all the time. You no, know, my farts don't smell like that, dude. <laughs> There's never been a time where you walked in this room where, like, it doesn't smell. Good. I'm farting right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Unlike the economics and fart humor. Yeah. Never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Well, Arun is now lovingly reminding us with passive-aggressive angry t- typing on the screen that uh, we should say Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. And uh, we appreciate your service for all those who have served. Mm-hmm. This show should be airing, if we don't screw it up, on Veterans Day. Yes. Thank you to everybody out there. So uh, today's show is going to be riddled with a lot of sidebar commentary because a lot of shit got real weird right before we came in tonight to record. Like, for example, we work filed for bankruptcy. Oh, So I right, guess right we don't work anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. It was too easy. I had to take that. No? No, you have to. Uh, just, just give me. Right. Yeah. We'll uh, quote my favorite X page, uh, the Co- Kobiasi letter or Kobisi letter. I got to figure out how to say this. We got to reach out to somebody over there. Yeah. Be like, hey, guys, we quote you a lot. Yeah. Can we figure out this name situation? Yeah. Every single time I read their page, I think one thing and one thing only. You know what it is? All facts, no cap. 
All that's right. All, all facts, facts, no cap. That's no all what you did cap. there. Yes, sir. You did the exact same thing last time I did that episode. You, you every yeah, time I'm I say to, that, I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep things, you know, you like a steady me. pattern. Okay, all right, that's fine. We'll talk about sharp U.S. hiring slowdown signaling a cooling economy ahead, or does it? Interest rates are peaking. What investments are likely to do best in this market? And I would say interest rates have actually dropped in 30-year mortgage by 50 basis points in a week. That is a wild drop, even though it's only half a point. We'll get into it. Yeah, we will get into it. Sam Bankman-Fried is convicted of a little uh, seven seven crimes? Yeah, For now. Yeah, he's going to to a a little place I would call Club, Club Fed. And uh, I don't, uh, I don't uh, know what the over under is, but I'm going got to be over 65 years minimum. Has to, yeah. And the way they calculate these uh, these sentences are crazy. It's very analytical. But for comparison, Bernie Madoff uh, found pled guilty to 11 felonies compared to Sam Bankman Fried not claiming guilty to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot there to unpack, and unpack we will. And, of course, he was found guilty on all seven of those counts, so there's going to be a lot of jokes. <laughs> we have to. And we're going to leave a little cushion at the end of this episode, the ass end, if you will, or the side end, uh, for three fucking spectacular reviews. Is, they were all winning. Are they all friends? I don't know, but they came out of nowhere. All realtors, I think, right? Yeah, all and one of them, I'm going to hold that person accountable. Goddamn You can't make promises like that and then... Yeah. Not deliver. I mean, Jesus. Fucking spectacular reviews. Right. And if you're made a, my day. Thank you. All of our days, actually. Not mine more. They're, they're, yeah, not, they're ungrateful. Selfish. Yeah. So, but if uh for our podcast listeners out there, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please go over and leave us an honest five-star review. Like tonight's episode, we will. How's it feel? Well done, sir. Yeah. I respect it. You take that. I respect it. You take that. <laughs> We will read them at the end of the show. Or if you're a viewer on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, ring that notification bell, do all the goody good stuff, and leave us a comment down below if you like Chris's haircut. Okay. Um, I realize this is going to be a theme of the episode tonight. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If it makes you feel any better, I really didn't do my hair. This is actually fresh out of the shower because I went to the gym. The fresh. And showered before I came here tonight. And then we did a... I think 6,000 attempts at another Transcend commercial. <laughs> yeah, the listeners have spoken, oh. and we've listened. Yeah, okay, first of all, look, I recognize the audio sucks. I've got no excuse for that. The first time we did the Transcend commercial, we tried a different mic because we wanted to sound a little different. I just didn't realize that it would be such a shit sound compared to these bad boys. Yeah, we wanted it. That was the goal initially. We didn't realize it would be that far off. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And then uh, nobody liked the mid-roll. People were like, oh, my God, it interrupted the flow of the show, and it really upset me. So we're sorry. No, no, I'm gonna I'm just gonna try pre-roll. Yeah, because I listen to Mind Pump and uh, Joe Rogan, and they all do them early. Early, yeah. Rogan yeah. does it sometimes within like the first five minutes. Yeah, I think that's what we're gonna try. Yeah. We're gonna do it like somewhere in the first five minutes. Yeah. What do you think? I love it. Let's get into it right now. Drop it right now. It seems very insincere. No. <sighs> wow. Okay, so your energy level is a little bit on the low side tonight. Wow. We're doing this again. <laughs> this is always this is your go-to move. Arun? Just attack me every time. I'm not attacking. Time. Oh, he has energy. Come on, man. No, his he... Riz is not off. His <laughs> ah, King. I love that. Look at him. He's, yeah, he's getting into the merch. <laughs> For those of you who don't yeah, who, who want to know why we keep quoting these some of these things, we have a merch line, our first official merch line that we uh we hope to drop in the not too distant future. We've been going through some of the final um, final creative pieces of it, but uh, they all feature quotes from the show. Most notably, Yacht It Up. Yacht It Up for our original five listeners out there. You know all about that. Uh, all facts, no cap on the back of a sweatshirt, which we Have like. To. Got to. Yeah, I mean, it's for yeah. the, age, the demographic, the age demographic that really listens to the show. And then your Riz is off king may or may not make the cut because Saeed doesn't like the placement on the back of a hat because he feels like he's got a forehead tattoo. <laughs> Which, by the way, is in style. So, <laughs> Lil, P- Lil Pump would love that. Influencers out there, yeah, right? You need so. one. Yeah, you can't be an influencer without one these days. No. So, maybe that's your problem is you're out of style. Maybe. In any event, this just in, mortgage demand is now down 50% from pre-pandemic levels and is at its lowest since 1994. Uh, Before you were born? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, just close to it. Close. From its peak in 2021, mortgage demand is down negative 64%, about 64%. Approximately 64%. I don't like little... 
tilde in front of things. It always confuses me, but whatever. Approximately 64%. Current mortgage demand is approximately 75% below the 2005 peak. The most incredible part about all this, you might ask, mortgage rates are still only at their historical average. That is wild. That is wild. What is it going to take in order for it to go above that? Well, if you go back to housing affordability being so wildly out of control, it's because not only are mortgage rates higher than they had been historically, but we allowed home prices to creep up so dramatically in this period of artificial interest rate deflation that now when you get to historical average, even though the average rate is not anything like, you know, 10% on mortgage rates or 12%, mm -hmm. uh, which would be higher than historical average, obviously, uh, you still have a massive affordability issue because that that's how disconnected home values are to the market. Yeah, and just to reiterate what we've said previously on episodes, the disparity between affordability and, you know, what people can buy right now. So, you know, the home price to median income back in the 1980s was only three and a half times, right? Someone's income now, six times. Yeah. And uh, Arun, if you could be so kind as to pull up the mortgage applications to buy a home chart, uh, which while he's figuring that out. Yeah. I will point out that this bad boy right here, if for those of you who are listening on a streaming platform, let's see, it starts off going, you know, 45 degrees up until about the Great Recession. So I'll call it 2006, 2007. Yeah. Starts to go all the way back down. Then you get 2010, 2012, 2014. It's about level. Then it spikes back up almost as high as it was during the period leading up to the Great Recession. And now it's spiking back down almost at levels that it was at leading into what was in the Great Recession. So I look at this as a great indication of the trauma that's going on, but delayed to report to uh, to all the reporting agencies in the housing market. I think the lagging indicators that are housing and, and values are are starting to trickle in now. Uh, mortgage applications, I would not, I would call um, kind of an early warning sign of, or a lead indicator, if you will, of what will ultimately be home values. And I'm already starting to see a pretty significant pivot in home values, although it's it's slight, but I'm seeing it on average across the country. Right. I mean, I think what this also really tells possibly is that this is an indicator that, you know, if people were buying homes up until now. Maybe now people are really starting to realize that they we've reached this peak level. So mm -hmm. we can hold because it's going to start coming down from here, right? To your point earlier, last week, uh, interest rates on a 30-year fixed mortgage were 7.9%, mm. right? Now, to, as of today of this recording, they were at 7.38%. Now, obviously, still significantly higher, but historical averages. That's a pretty big swing. But yeah, exactly. Half a percentage point for it to come down. Mm. Uh, to put it, things into perspective, if you would put 20% down on a home purchase of $400,000, that equates to a difference in payment of $119 a month. Not enough to really help you fix the affordability uh, issue, but still, nonetheless. It really only impacts people that are on the fringe, the fringe yes. buyers, if you will. Uh, I look at all this stuff and I think to myself, okay, well, you know what? At least the data is pivoting the right way. Even, Correct. Even, you know, jobs. I think that's going to be the theme of this show, that really? the data is really starting to pivot in the right direction. Because if we remember, if you the way you really got to look at it is – Good news is unfortunately bad news for the Fed, and bad news for you know the consumers out there and everyone in the economy is really good news for the Fed. So two things I want to sidebar here. Okay. Number one, what do you think the rate is on the Rivian that I'm getting? Ooh, I've got Rockstar car? credit. Okay. New car. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go six and a half percent. Eight and a half percent. Wow. Yeah. There's lower options, but from Rivian Direct, like that's that's, that's the like rate above 800 credit score. Oh yeah, it's yeah above 800 credit score, like all the income ratios in all the right places, and just yeah. Wow. And I was like, are you guys sure? Because this dropped in the mortgage market, the ten year dropped, like yeah, like, mm -hmm. yeah. And second, I wanted to address, I had an unexpected amount of guilt about buying the Rivian, in part because of the show. Oh yeah. Let's get into it. We briefly spoke about it. Yeah. I, I felt like it was a bit hypocritical to be as concerned as we are about the economy. Um, you know, at, at the day job, we had laid off uh, a number of people throughout the year. And I thought it was a bad sign for me to be buying a new car 
bad look, as the kids would like to say. Bad look, yeah. Um, and I was really torn about it. I almost, I almost didn't do it. Just because and of, I'm still on the fence, to be honest with you. Just because of the perception. Well, I mean, I put the deposit in for it two years ago. I'd waited two years. I, I didn't know then, obviously, where the economy would be today. And as the show went on, it wasn't a priority to think about, you know, when in the hell is this thing ever going to be delivered? Look at yeah, the Tesla yeah, Cybertruck. Yeah, I ordered so that in 2019. They had recalls, right? That's right. Yeah. So I I didn't really think about it. And then I got a message on Thursday of last week saying, hey, get ready for your your paperwork side of it. It was an email. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that it still could come in like December or January. Mm -hmm. Then I got a text message on Saturday saying, hey, guess what? We're delivering it next week. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that escalated quickly. And then. How much was your deposit on that? Because if you were to walk away, you'd lose out on what? Actually, it was a $1,000 deposit. And then they made $100 of it non-refundable because last year because then you can get the purchase contract uh, maximum interest deduction for right. uh, EV credits last year versus this year when they reduced it. Right. So, which, yeah, which could uh, lower your taxable income, right? Yeah, actually, I got to think about that. I think I, I think I got it this year. Was it this year, or it was, it was earlier this year? For locked into this year, and then not so mm -hmm. next year. I think they lower the, the the tax credit. Yes, I don't know. I got a my CPA is all over the place, but um, yeah, I, I had a tremendous amount of guilt. Like, it's not the right time. And then I started thinking about my family. Like, okay, I don't have a car payment at all right now, and I typically, whenever I buy a car, I'll finance it and then pay it off in like two years. Okay. Um, just because it helps build like a trade line. Yes. Uh, and I don't think that putting out the cash right now is a good move going into uncertainty in the markets. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather have, cause $87,000 car, I'd rather, I'd rather finance like 60, 50,000 of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Have a payment for a little while and then kind of figure out like what's so, going on. So that means you'd be getting rid of the Jeep. Yeah. I, I thought I'd get a whole hell of a lot more than they offered. I got offered $17,510. You put a lot of money into that thing. Yeah. Right, who who offered you that? That was Rivian. And then I went to CarMax. They offered me 17000 That's Jeez. insane, man. Yeah. And there's like 70000 in upgrades on the thing. Right. So, and they're, they're basically giving you the stock price. I mean, they're not, they don't account for that. Stuff. That's going to be hard for you. That I mean, that's like your, I know you, you have a couple cars that you're working on, but um, you've yet to start driving those. But this one here, you've, you've done and you've put a lot of work into. That's got to be hard to let go. Out of all the cars I've ever had, I'm probably the most emotionally attached to this one. Yeah. That's your baby right there. It's Plus, hard It's hard for me to, like... Plus, it was fun to drive, right? Fun to drive, real, like, low maintenance, low hassle. Yeah. I, I mean, I never thought I'd be a Jeep guy my entire life, and then, you know, here I am. I, yeah, uh, that's the beauty with the Jeeps, though. Everyone can modify them to their own specs. Each yeah. one is unique. Yeah, very much unique, but that also means, like, a lot of bullshit in the secondary market if you're buying. Yeah. That, you, know, you don't know what you're going to get when you buy a car, but... In any event... Um, you know, I'm seeing the jobs reports. I'm seeing the unemployment rise. I'm seeing the numbers in the economy that are going the wrong way. And I'm I'm legitimately afraid of the bond market and some of the news around Citibank, which uh, we can talk about later on. We can do it now if you want. Yeah, let's get into it, actually. So I can't name names on, on a lot of this information because I was made aware early, but now a lot of this is public. So you can, you can do the research here. Uh, Citibank CEO is under a little bit of scrutiny because she... Uh, I think her name's Fraser. Last name I think it's Jan Fraser. Can you look that up, Arun? Jane Fraser. Jane Fraser. Yeah, uh, Citibank's uh, CEOs. Uh, she um, one of the five GSIBs. Yeah, Jan Fraser. Yeah, uh, Global Systematic Important Bank. Um, there she is, Jane Fraser. Yeah. Okay. In any event, sh her stock price is down pretty significantly, more than all the rest of the globally systematic important banks. The Citibank. Why is that? Uh, a lot of. A lot of concerns there. So there's overspending since she got there. They've increased spending. Their revenues are down. Uh, there's a lot of criticism around certain things. Uh, and there's apparently some criticism over some of their activity in the municipal bond market. And for those of you who don't follow, that's fine. We'll explain what it is. So your counties, your local legislations, let's say they want to build a new firehouse. Mm -hmm. They'll issue bonds. And you can buy the bonds, right? Mm -hmm. You can buy the debt. And you'll get guaranteed payments because it's from the state, local government. Right. right, county, whatever it might be, city. And that's generally a pretty safe bet for you, and it locks in your return, and it provides them the, the liquidity they need to build like a new fire station or a school, stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Infrastructure, roads, right? That bond market is is a pretty significant part of where people in America put their money for safety reasons. Yeah. Right? It's considered a really safe place because... The safest place. Generally speaking, the government doesn't default. Mm -hmm. We covered all that in the previous bond episode. But Citibank uh, is now going to shutter entirely 
their municipal finance division and sell off the underlying assets. Just because you're closing a division doesn't mean you have to sell off the loans. They're selling them off. And this came out in an article. It's public. You can look it up now. That's billions of dollars, tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars in bonds they'd be selling into the secondary market. Only one problem. Is that because they're short on capital? Well, allegedly, no. They alluded to some regulatory trouble, but according to the press release they put out, it had to do with there was some litigation against them in Texas for discriminating against the firearm sector. Oh, interesting. Okay. So... It sounds weird. It sounds completely unrelated. Like, yeah. why would you dump a portfolio related to that? An but, entire portfolio, right. But apparently now they're starting to sell off their bond portfolio. Right. To, to me, it hints at that the regulators are pushing them to do something here. Right. I mean, something that we, we got we to gotta remember here, right? Of the banks that went down, you know, earlier this year, mm-hmm. right? Um, what what they ended up doing is they were had to sell off some of their this portfolio. Not municipal, but just bonds in general, yep. right? To, you know, create some, some capital because they were at a shortfall. Right, because there was a run on deposits. Everybody wanted to pull their money out at the same time, and they didn't have all the liquidity to pay all the money that was going out. So they had to sell these assets. They when they sold these assets, they sold them under market mm-hmm. or under what they paid for them because the market value had dropped. Right, exactly. And this is a problem affecting everybody, including Citibank and their municipal bond portfolio. Exactly. Right. And something to remember is when the Fed raises interest rates. So what we've been talking about, you know, all along. What happens there is that when rates go up, bond prices come down, okay? And really, this is part of the reason that these banks had these assets that were underwater, right? They had these unrealized losses, and then when they went to go realize them, it made the run on deposits even worse, mm-hmm. right? So now, keep in mind, since then, rates have continued to been going up. This, is a, this isn't a problem that's really kind of gone away. A lot of banks are still sitting on these unrealized losses, all banks are, not a lot. Yeah. They all are. They it's all, unequivocally, all banks and all lenders who are doing business the last 14 years have unrealized losses. Now, it's okay. Yes. As long as those loans continue to pay and nobody wants a ton of liquidity, out of, more than they have on hand, out of, out of the institutions. Right. But here's where this can, can become a, a bit of a problem. Outside of that, mm-hmm. let's say the rumors about Citibank are true. She announced, Jane Frazier announced today they were having massive layoffs and, a, and a, big, a bigger restructure. So it coincides with this all being true. And she's already put out a statement saying they're going to close that group. So that's also a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if this is true and they sell Project Bora Bora, it was the overhaul of everything. That, that was the name that Arun just pulled up the article from CNBC. Citigroup considers deep job cuts for CEO Jane Fraser's over, overhaul called Project Bora Bora. I mean, I guess it sounds tropical. Yeah. But it's a pretty bad name. It's a bad, pretty bad name considering what you're actually doing. Um, I mean, they should have Project Neutron. <laughs> Project Neutron. Project, yeah. you know, something, something, you know. Yeah, to your point, executives will see cuts beyond 10% because Fraser's pushed to eliminate regional managers, co-heads, and others w- with overlapping responsibilities. So overlapping responsibilities, way overstaffed, or expenses just climbed. It was pretty interesting to see what's going on there. But let's focus on the bonds. Mm-hmm. If they sell tens of millions of dollars, not even $100 million or a billion, let's just say they sell tens of millions of dollars of bonds in the secondary market at mm-hmm. an economic loss. Now you're going to see this debt downgraded because guess what? It's being sold for less money than it was originally acquired for. Yes. And the value is lower, and you're now establishing a lower value for these bonds. Right. This will impact funds that invest in them. It'll impact the the municipalities right. that that issue the bonds. It'll impact it has a whole cascading effect. Right. I believe if this gets out of control, it could have cracks in the bond market which will impact this economy and it would be tantamount to early 07. Yes. And the Great Recession. Right. It could be the catalyst. We've been looking for a catalyst of what could bring about this really impactful recessionary economy. Mm-hmm. That is certainly a possibility in the bond market. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, it's not just them that's unloading all these bonds, right? The Fed themselves, they're shrinking their balance sheet. Yep. Right. So the, part of this quantitative tightening process, them shrinking their balance sheet and selling off the, their bonds, there's more supply of these bonds now out there which only drives the price of them lower and lower and lower, mm-hmm. right? So that's that causes a real problem. And actually, the San Francisco Fed president came out and said that with the ongoing rise in bond yields, this serves as the equivalent of about another 25 basis point rate increase, meaning that because of what's going on in the bond market right now and what, what Chris is talking about, 
is you may not need another rate increase from the Fed because this is now starting to do the work for you or for the Fed, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. And that was been my concern about the 10 year rising as fast as it did all along going into this particular Fed meeting, even though the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the world interest rate probability all suggested there wasn't a really high probability of any interest rate increase at all. And that's Mm -hmm. effectively what we got. That was my concern the whole time leading up into it is I know that, the ten years rise, ten year treasury rising puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the financial system, mm-hmm. particularly when you have the inver- inverted yield curve. Still, um, I was hoping that it would get to a flat portion where the ten year treasuries and the two and three year treasuries or the three month treasuries all kind of aligned at the same rate, right? Which is still not good, but it's certainly better than an inversion where the ten year is lower in uh, in rate than the, than the most recent debt, right? But we didn't get there; it, it started to fall back down, mm-hmm. and that's also precipitated the whole mortgage rates falling as fastly as they did. Yeah. Now, I know, you know, this is all starting to show signs of cracks, but remember, this is kind of what the Fed's been trying trying to get to, right? To get to this point of, you know, uncomfort- people being uncomfortable. You know, I didn't, fuck, I didn't get a chance to get the, I was listening to CNBC today, and it was somebody who works for the Fed, I think it may have even been a Fed president, that came out and said that they wanted to see distress in the housing market, and they wanted to see... They finally admitted to all the things we've been talking about on the show. Mm. And it's real basic. Mm-hmm. Unemployment goes up. Yep. Wages go down. Home values go down. Right. Which, ironically, are two of the three components to more increased affordability. Yes. If wages went up, you would have a significantly more affordable housing market. Right. Unfortunately. That ticked down month over month. Unfortunately, what you wind up getting here is you wind up getting wages that go down, unemployment going up. Bostic, yeah. No, I'm telling you, this guy, I love this guy. I like Bostic a lot, yeah. Yeah. I still haven't figured out how to say his name right. Bostic, Bostic. Bostic, right. I feel like it's Bostic. Yeah. But, I mean, to your point, Odin, can you head over to that third article right there, that one, or to the left? So, from the Wall Street Journal, uh, sharp U.S. hiring slowdown signals cooling economy ahead. The jobs report shows employers added fewest jobs since June while the unemployment rate rose. So this actually came out on Friday last week when the episode dropped, so we didn't have a chance to talk about it just yet. It rose 0.1%. What? The unemployment rate. Yeah, it did. It did. From but, from 38 to 3.9%. Right. And But the Fed, the Fed predicted that it's going to get to 4.1% by the end of the year. Now, all this really means is, look, at least it's headed in the right direction to where the Fed is now starting to see, like, okay, what's going on in the bond market? Yeah, you, you, they're going to need to see signs in all these different sections of the economy, right? They got what's going on in the bond market, which is a massive problem, right? You're starting to see unemployment head down in the right or head up in the right direction, right? Wages also came down. You know they're trying to tackle wage inflation because if wages continue to go up, that means inflation goes up. They need wages to come down so people actually start to spend less. Um, it showed that employers are actually scaling back on hiring and few job listings are being added onto the market. Do you know the sections of the market where that added jobs? I don't actually, I don't think I recall. You know? No. So, I mean, I thought you'd be able to, cause what we always talk hospitality, about. Hospitality, leisure. Leisure and hospitality yeah. added 19,000. The government added 51,000 and healthcare added 58,000. Healthcare I get. Mm-hmm. Government it makes sense given what what's going on here, but hospitality and leisure, I don't get it. Manufacturing went was down thirty five thousand, and retail actually went unchanged because you know they're probably got to, you know, keep staff for the holidays. You want to hear an early prediction? We yeah. haven't talked about it. Let's go, Arun. Please place all tray tables and seat backs in a locked and upright position. We're about to make a prediction. Let's Nothing? go. Let's go. Oh, that was that was great. That was just like radio genius right there. <laughs> Was that old school Casey Kasem shit? Casey Kasem. Yeah, that was, that was that old school shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, let's get, give it to me. You know how GDP in the fourth quarter was originally thought to be around two point three percent in the third quarter or fourth fourth quarter? quarter sorry, yeah, that that's been revised down to one point two percent. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I believe that number is going to be lower than one point two percent. Okay, and why Chris is talking about this and why it's such a big deal is because last quarter it came in at four point nine percent. Now. If, if you're unfamiliar with these percentages, it may not sound like a whole lot, but a swing like this is absolutely massive. You can't tell you can't go from having an economy that's printing numbers like 4.9% GDP to now potentially below 1.2%. That's crazy, man. That's too much instability. Has that ever happened in the history? 
Yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah of course. There's been some pivots. There. What we've talked about, I think we cited on the show, is over the last 12 recessions that were noted, right? The the quarter of GDP prior to the recession beginning mm. was always a strong quarter. And then on average, the following quarter where the recession started, it would drop 3.5%. I stand by the original sentiment that we've been in a recession since January 1 of 2022. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this is tantamount to a double dip. Yeah. Because you want, you want to hear my, my conspiracy tinfoil hat theory? I would love to hear it. All right. Obviously, the White House came out with their statement to try to ward off the consumer sentiment that we were in a recession. But the White House knew. Yeah. The White House knew the National Bureau of Economic Research was going to, was going to go, oh, my God, two negative quarters, successive quarters of negative GDP. It's a recession, everybody. Fuck. They knew that wasn't going to happen because it takes, you know, a year, 18 months for the National Bureau of Economic Research to go, okay, you know what? We've looked at all the data. Uh, we've seen trends since that time. Uh, we believe we've been in a recession. So the White House knew that that wasn't going to stop them. That it's the, Basically, in this set of circumstances, the White House is the National Association of Home Builders, the Mortgage Bankers Association, the National Association of Realtors, writing a letter to Jerome Powell, who wiped his ass with it. Wiped his ass with it. And why he wiped his ass with it? Because they came out in that letter and asked him to come out and say that you're done raising rates. Yeah. And he and was guess like, what? No. He's like, uh, yeah, we're mm-hmm. actually on. Just because we don't raise rates this time, and we might not raise rates in December, that doesn't mean we won't raise rates in you know the beginning of 2024. There's not going to be a world where he's ever going to say, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just not. It's, no. He did. Now, we, we did mention on the last episode that he did lay down the groundwork of you know, because they don't want to ever shock the market. He's not just going to come out, you know, the next Fed meeting and be like, we're done raising rates, everybody. Shock the shit out of the market when he used an iPad. <laughs> he Everybody's very confused. What the fuck is this? Yeah, he's, the teleprompter was too far. Yeah. He forgot his glasses. That's how deep into shit people get. Now, like, why the fuck is he using an iPad? Yeah, what's he got with Apple? Is he reading the script? Yeah, he's trying is to boost. This, is this some Illuminati shit? He's Jay-Z's trying to, on that screen, isn't he? He's, try, he's trying to boost Apple stock? Yeah. He had Yo! MTV Raps playing. Yeah, M- <laughs> Tim Cook on there. <laughs> he's watching you porn. <laughs> It's free, dog. <laughs> it's not my Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh shit! Ooh, midgets. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can say that. Oh, little Come people. On, sorry, like, you yeah, can't say midgets anymore. I know, which is crazy, but you can't say that anymore. Little people. Yeah, beep it. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna say that. You gonna leave that in? Yeah, it was inadvertent, bro. It wasn't like intentional, malicious. All right, good for you. I mean, I'm I'm confident. I respect the confidence. Yeah, I'm like, you just don't want to have any edits on your name. I'm sorry, you porn. Is acceptable. That's but acceptable. We draw the line on little people. Yeah, because we don't know what's on there. On what? On you porn. We don't know what's going on over there. It's like YouTube for porn. That's, that's what it is, right? All the things are on there. Really? It's a search. What's not on YouTube? Everything. Porn. Oh. Does YouTube own you porn? No. Great name, though. Can you imagine the first guy was like, I'm going to make this website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paving the way. Back, back to my, my theory. So I, I think the White House was trying to spin the rhetoric because they knew. They knew we were in a recession then. And so my theory has always been that you can't have four to 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation without taking the elasticity, the momentum out of the economy. Right. I think the reason why we saw the 4.9 spike up and we're going to see it spike down is you're starting to see momentum come back in, elasticity come back in. And just like mm. if you were to nudge something, right, uh, a little bit forward, and then it rolls back a little bit, and you're to nudge a little bit harder, and it rolls back a little bit. Yeah, I think what you're starting to see is the Fed has. If you were to go back and talk to the Fed in a couple of years and say, "Hey guys, you took this weird bell curve approach where you took these massive 75 point increases, mm-hmm. uh, 75 basis point increases, and you could have gone 25 consistently, you could have gone 50 consistently, but yet you took this weird 25, 50, 50, 75, 75, 75, 50, 25, 25 space, 25, you know, which all look predetermined." Why'd you do it? I bet you they would say we needed to kick some momentum into the economy. Mm-hmm. We're worried about hyperinflation, and we did. We knew we didn't, we didn't act aggressive enough, right? That it was going to cause a problem, but we didn't want to openly talk about how aggressive it was and cause panic and fear in the market. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the planned elasticity returning. So those lagging indicators were just now starting to see, kind of appear. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing that I'm hearing, and I, I, so a lot of the real estate professionals, I've been commenting on a lot of like, you know, realtor pages and stuff lately. And I think that's part of where some of these people are coming from. And, you know, I love them. They've been so honest about the stuff they're saying. They're like, dude, like, I don't see, 
like this prosperous economy that everybody's talking about. Like I don't see like I'm I'm selling less homes or I'm getting less deals. Keep in mind, purchase activity, refinance activity. Yeah, it's usually seventy five percent of mortgage applications are, are right. refinance activity. That's, That's right. gone. That, that ain't come back anytime soon. That's right. That is right. Yeah, man. So I think we've been in a recession this whole time. I think everything we've heard uh, from a lot of different sources has been political spin. And I think the breaking point for the political spin was finally when the National Association of Realtors wrote that letter with the National Association of Home Builders mm -hmm. and the Mortgage Bankers Association. That was the first, like, mea culpa, like, my bad, like, we, like this has got to stop. Right. Yeah. And to your point, actually, because you just briefly touched on this, Odin, can you go to the next Wall Street Journal article? Because this really touches on that. This from the Wall Street Journal. If interest rates are peaking, what investments are likely to do best, right? And if you actually dove down into this article, Odin, can you scroll down? There's a nice chart down here. What this article went into, the article looked at data from the past 50 years, okay, and found that during the initial phase of rate stability, once the Fed reaches its its terminal rate and they, they start to hold there, mm -hmm. stocks, especially large cap stocks, which we talked about is any company above $10 billion, right, mm -hmm. in valuation, and small caps and growth stocks, right? They did really well in the first half, but in the second half, they didn't perform that well. So look at this. Annual annualized return for the first half interest rate peak for small caps. Look how well they did. And they analyzed the data over the last 50 years, mm -hmm. right? So lots of recessions to go through during that time frame. And then the second half of the year starts to come down. So like you said, when the Fed decides to push and they're really kicking some momentum into the economy, that's why you, you still see the stock market and everybody doing so well. And then it'll start to come down. Yeah. And I think the stock market situation we're in now still has a downside. Yeah. But so one of the things I think I hear a lot is, you know, where do we put my money you know, that, that I can avoid inflationary risk? And you can't. There is no real hedge against inflation. We've had this conversation a number of times on the show from a theoretical standpoint, but I know the Bitcoin people out there, SBFs the world would be like, hey, man. SBFs? Yeah, just just throw it in crypto, man. It's it's the hedge against inflation, man. Uh, no, it's not. Um, There's no not true hedge against inflation. No. Dollar cost averaging or continuing to invest in the same way you would in a normal economy is the only hedge against inflation or anything that comes close to it anyway. It's arguably whether that's a true hedge or not. Mm -hmm. But dollar cost averaging over the span of a lifetime through through inflationary economies and deflationary economies is the only way to continue to see growth over time. So for like a beginner investor that wants to, you know, start investing um, and they, let's say they get into some type of index fund or an ETF, right? Yeah, but Bitcoin to the moon, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, the inverse Kramer fund. Yeah, there you go. To Come the on. moon. To the moon, that one. Inverse Kramer. Yeah, yeah, all day. The Kramer fund itself shut down. The one that, <laughs> that did what he recommended, that one shut down. The one that did the opposite of what he recommended is crushing. Crushing. Killing yeah. the game. All day, every day, baby. Yeah, all facts, no cap. Yeah. I got to keep plugging that. You got to, too, man. It's just me. I'm, I'm the only one listen, really. Listen, I will plug anything you want me to. <laughs> I know. You do the plugs. Not hair plugs, bro. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Why? Why? It was right there. Hey, I'm not going to name names, okay? But somebody we both know, okay, hit me up today. It was like, yo, man. Hey. Um, <laughs> you know a good hair doctor? Oh, really? Okay. And I was Share like, the name. Come on. Yeah, hey, man. Whatever it is, they don't listen. Nah, man. I can't. I got out of respect. Okay. I don't reveal names when it comes to insecurities. Because, look, the person had my mobile number. Could have text messaged me. No, no, no. I got the Instagram DM. Okay. You know that's weird, right? That's weird. Like, bro, you see me, like, daily. Yeah. What, stop looking at my hair while I'm telling you the story, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. I'm looking at it. I'm admiring it. It looks good. Fuck you. It looks very full. Okay, you had some of your teeth the whole show. I wasn't going to say nothing. You're that you're that friend. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. It's right, right there. I've been looking at it the whole time. Leave like, it right there. there. I'm gonna keep looking at your plugs. That's okay, it's fine. <laughs> um and he started asking me questions like, hey, you know, is it a hair transplant doctor? I'm like, is that what you want? Mm. And honestly, I don't think this dude's got any hair problems at all. But he was like, yeah. he's like, Well, I'm thinking about going on finasteride and propecia, blah, blah, blah. Are you on that? I'm like, Yeah. So is this something you gotta take for life? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I rub it on my nipples just for fun, but you know, see, <laughs> see what hair, happens. See if the hair grows there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you take it for life. I mean, all all it is is just putting some foam in your hair at night, uh, and then I take a pill once a day. Okay. But I'm on a bunch of other shit, so it's all good, bro. Like I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't even know how we got there. I know how we got there. Propecia, believe it or not, is actually good for uh, prostate cancer. It's actually a prostate cancer medication, but in a lower dose. 
Really? No kidding. Yeah. So when my prostate's alive and kicking when I'm 85 and yours is long, okay. So, okay, shrunk so, into a raisin. So this, this I want one, you to know what happened, this, bro. This <laughs> I was proactive. You were reactive. Yeah, exactly. Did so, Transcend give you that advice? No, but you should go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Man, you got that memorized. You do a really good job at saying that. 45 fucking times tonight. See, I didn't want to come out and say that. I just wanted to compliment you. Bro, it was so frustrating. I got to the point where I, I just I couldn't look at myself anymore. The reason why is because we're here. If it was just you by yourself, I feel like you would have knocked it out. No. Yeah. That's that's kind of you, but no. 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 <laughs> I'm I, trying to I, find I, a way. Um, it just wasn't it wasn't a good day for me, man. A lot's going on, man. I was very disenfranchised coming into the office today. I got to tell you, there are some days we do this shit where I'm just like, man, fuck, I don't want to leave my house today. I want to be with my wife and my son. Today was one of those days. I, today, for me too, I even told you on the phone before coming. I was like, it, it's, I'm exhausted today. But back to my, my question that I wanted to ask you. If, you were to, if somebody were to come and ask you as a beginner investor and they want to you know, get into investing and, okay, there's no true hedge against inflation – so maybe dollar cost averaging is the way to go, you yeah. know, and maybe they look into an index fund or an ETF to start out a nice starter place, right? You can, I love low cost index funds. Not everybody does. I get that. Um, but like Vanguard VOO, IVOO for, for great examples of, of different types of low cost index funds. It tracks S and P 500. Index 500 funds. Yeah. VOO is that, is, yeah. that, is that, I think that's a great low cost index fund. If you don't want to try to figure out where to put your money, that's a great place to just dollar cost right. averaging. And then, but it's, so if they were to do that, I mean, how much should they be concerned about diversifying, do you think? I know we don't usually talk about this, but we're talking about real beginner, you know. I have actually, you know what? Wait, let's do yeah, this. I'm, I'm going to help you out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straighten you out right here, boy. I'm going to hook you up. Give me that good. I'm going to give you the good stuff. So a long, long, long time ago, and I'm not, I'm not going to take credit for this because it wasn't, wasn't my idea. I talked to somebody who was a professional investor for a living. For other people, right? He's a wealth manager, money manager. Also hard. And uh, yeah, he, he does very well. And we were having a casual conversation like, hey, man, like how much do you go on this and go on that? And he goes, honestly, he goes, we have a whole investment committee. We have this, we have that. But um, on it, he's like, honestly, you could, if you wanted to make it as simple as possible, you could go into this. And it, it's. It does a good job of, of diversifying he's like, for you. It, it would just, he's like, you could go into these, these positions. Mm-hmm. And you would be more than fine. And I was like, what? You saved this conversation from a long time ago? Is that what you're doing? No, 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 no. I put together um, a list here. So he gave me a list of Vanguard funds that he he had different allocations for. So mm-hmm. uh, he was a big fan of IVOO, mm-hmm. right? Which uh, is Vanguard's S&P mid-cap 400 index fund. So mid-caps, right? All right. Uh, then he said, go into VCSH, right? Which is a Vanguard short-term corporate bond index fund, right? Okay. Not a bad one there. He liked VEA, right? Vanguard taxed managed fund, uh, for developing markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he liked VIOO, right? Which is a Vanguard S&P small cap 600 fund. Okay. So now you got your mids, you got your small, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, VOO, Vanguard 500, Index 500 Fund, right? Right. Which is where he, he said to put the most of your money. And then there's VWO as well. Uh, VWO uh, was Vanguard Emerging Market. So he said, look, between that, you got small cap, mid cap, bonds, emerging markets, and the Index 500 Fund. Yes. He's like, it gives you exposure to essentially all the different subsectors, like the ones you reference that do well in certain economies and other ones. Mm-hmm. But you got a low cost index fund that diversifies amongst those companies, like right. I, for example, emerging markets. And he's like, look, you could go into that with most of your money. Like he's like, over fifty five percent would go into your VOO. Okay. And then you would diversify amongst the rest of it. That you know, forty five percent. And he's like, that that's going to perform over the course of 10, 20 years. That's going to perform. Pretty damn well. He's like, not as good as a money manager, wealth advisory service, but for most people who don't want to put any thought into it, don't want to do any research, and they just want to do something simple, right? that's the way I'd go. And he's like, if you're investing in a, in a 401k and you have access to Vanguard stuff, that's a great way for allocation to split your money. Right. It's a nice pl- it's a nice way to just you know throw your money at something like you would at your 401k and not look at it every month. Yeah. Right? And and for reference, two, two things. Number one, this is not me recommending you buy anything there's conflicts with me doing that Mm -hmm. because we have an sec regulated wealth advisory arm but i will admit 
that is actually a significant portion of my holdings as well. Right. Because I did that for years before I started investing in individual companies and really getting more acclimated to the market. It was a great starting point for me to start understanding the market, put money in, and I've never sold any of, any of those, by the way. Yeah, okay, that's I've, great. I've, I've held them the entire time. Yeah, and I remember for me personally, back you know years ago when I was first getting started, I was just wrestling with this idea of like, okay, which one of these should I really get started? I mean, I keep hearing it's about- It's confusing, dude. I keep hearing about VOO, and, I, and it's like, the, the quote that I always go back to that applies to almost everything in life, don't let perfect get in the way of good. Just get started, right? Get started on something that you feel comfortable with, you feel confident in, do, do your research. And as soon as you get started, like we did with this podcast, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine over this weekend who's starting out a, starting out a company right now and they've invested a lot in research and development, right? And what he went on to say is like, if I knew how much went into this, and like us, if we knew how much went into this as a podcast, where we are today now, would we have gotten started back then? Probably not. There's so much. No, it, it's the level of it's the level of optimism that you that we believe in. You can figure it out as you go, right? You know that it's, there's going to be problems ahead. You know that there's going to be obstacles that's ahead. That's part of any business, though. Yeah, but a lot that's, of people a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people yeah, don't but, look at it that way. Okay, so using podcasts as a consistent reference. I think the numbers are staggering. I mean, you have to look these up, but I want to say like 90-something percent of people don't get past one episode. Yeah, why is that? And another like 90 or like 80-something percent or almost 90% of those people don't get past 10 episodes. Right. And if you get past like 10, I think you're already in the top 1% as far as like podcast that consistency. Mm-hmm. So it's... um. Most people, if they actually knew how much work got, goes into something... I feel like it scares them off. Yeah, but we do stupid shit though. We're putting out like we're putting out two shows a week. Yeah. Versus like one show a week, which a lot of people do. We're doing four clips a week yep. of, of brief summaries of the show on YouTube, which you guys owe to yourselves to check out if you haven't yeah, been over and there. Share with your family and friends. Share with your family and friends. You like a certain topic, we happen to share those in more smaller, like shorter, more palpable, digestible clips. Mm-hmm. We do at least Four reels a week. Yep. Unlike last week where you made you off the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? What? What do you mean? You did like, what, did you do two last week? No, I did three last week. Three. Yeah, I did three. Arun, how many shows you added? You added one and a half or you added two? Two. It's the same, bro. <laughs> I also prepped for two shows. We out here working, huh? Yeah, we are. I know, we are. and that. But that's that's the thing. It goes it goes with everything, right? If you, were in, if you were to go and enter into a fitness competition, if you actually knew how much it took to go into it, I think a lot of people, it's like this optimism that they have, and just to get just to get started is my point. Don't hold yourself back. Yeah, uh, the the not same thing with social media too. A lot of people like talk about, oh, I want to post on social media, but they're like really hesitant to do it because they're afraid about, afraid about getting judged. Yeah, people get really really. Cons- this is the weird thing about entrepreneurship that blows me away. Mm. Is so many people are either afraid of failure or being judged by their peers, and I'm like, man, fuck your peers, right? You don't want you don't want to be like everybody else. It's true. The idea is, is you're supposed to rise above that, and yet we stigmatize anybody being different. Bro, you shouldn't want to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't want to be like 99%. You should want to be like the 1%. You should want to be your best self. Right. And if your best self has a passion for building a business in some way, shape, or form, then go build the business. But don't let your people around you, their judgment stop you or your fear of embarrassment. Bro, when I started posting on social media, not to mention the corporate pressure that I got, the stigma from people about like the videos and everything else that I was posting. I mean, if everybody will always smile to your face and say it's amazing, but the shit talking happens behind your back. Really? I didn't get a lot of the the smiling and tell me it's amazing to my face. About what the podcast? Yeah, no. I mean, a, a lot of people. That's the part that bother that would bother me the most early on. It's like all these people that claim to be you know so close to you, and then they don't really reach out to support the show, or they don't you know. Bro, it's little things. Here's yeah. the thing about like, social media is a great example. It takes zero fucking effort to go, oh, so you post something. Like, comment. Yeah. Don't even have to You can just put a fucking emoji. Yeah. Put an eggplant. I don't give a shit what you put there. Yeah. But, eggplants all day. I give you all the eggplants. Yeah. The room loves them. I mean, Love them. Yeah. <laughs> first, first comment. That was deep. Yeah. Love them. It came from the heart. It did. Did it come from the heart? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and it's shocking how many people... And Instagram more now than ever because I think because of TikTok's influence, it's like scroll scroll culture. Mm-hmm. So people rarely engage. Engagement rates are fucking tiny now. Yeah. 
And unless it's a controversial topic, which, you know, obviously as working professionals, we try not to do that for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. So you sacrifice growth for just stability, if you will. Right. It's it's stunning to me to see how many people don't support. Like, I, it never ceases to amaze me how many family members I have that don't listen to the show and never have. I mean, okay, listening to the show, I, it's a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour commitment every week. Right, I would love for that to happen if if you can, or you got other stuff you're listening to, maybe your other stuff you're interested in. I get that, but just acknowledging the show even exists—that's all I'm asking for, bro. You know how many complete and total strangers listen to this show religiously who DM me, DM you, DM—well, not me and you, not really a ruin. If, he, no, if they no do, he's not letting us know. That's yeah, the only reason why. I think he does the same thing he does to us, to them too. What's, what does he do? Big leagues him, bro. You, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he he does. would never. Odu would never. He's in, bro. He's Arguably the nicest guy you know. No, 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 no. He does that shit. That's his. That's his. That's his move. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how he draws you in. That's... And then he says some fucked up shit to you. Why did yeah. I say? He to does you? say some wild stuff just to see if you're paying attention. Hey, Chris, your hair plugs look great today. No. What is a compliment? <laughs> what? Yeah. What'd you say to me? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the kind Come of shit on, he does. Twisted yeah. evil stuff. Yeah. No. Or, but but listen. Or like today. Hey, man, uh, we should change these designs all the way. Yeah, I don't like these. <laughs> None of them. Put your name on it. <laughs> Put your name on all of them. Fuck it. Yeah. I was like, bro, he's been going back and forth on these designs. The idea was really good. I liked it. He wanted to create some controversy between yeah, us. Yeah, I get that. But nice, uh, but fucked up at the same yeah, he'd time. Be a great, the he would have been a great producer on, like, real world. Like, just causing <laughs> just causing drama between the, the between the people inside Stirring. the house. Yeah, it was, it was. yeah. Basically, for the listeners out there, what Odu wanted to do is for us to put quotes on the merch and have my name on it on one, and have Chris's name on the other, and see which one does better. I feel like that's <laughs> quote driven, though. That's not your name is driving that. Yeah, and it's like is it a shirt? Is it a sweater? Yeah, we should just have a shirt that says the higher standard, Said. It's like me having like a bikini top with my name on it, and you having a T-shirt. Of course, you're gonna sell more of those T-shirts. Oh, okay, yeah. The t-shirts, the the merch that we have coming, it's it, it looks good, man. Except for the hat, which you don't like. Just the quote, man, on the back and the color. Hopefully, we can we can change the color. Oh, like Odin wants us to get into this, you yeah. know. The, and right. the listeners are in my DM, literally asking me to talk about this. What Sam Bakeman fried? The little guy by the name of Sam Bakeman fried, who has been convicted of fraud in the FDX collapse. This from the Wall Street Journal. Bro, did you catch the prosecutors? Uh conference that right after the the announcement what about it this dude comes out um very articulate well-dressed african-american man but he looks pissed rightfully so just stepping up to the mic i'm like fuck you gonna say some fucked up shit yeah yeah and he came out saying like i'm co we're coming after everybody in the crypto so we take this seriously you're not gonna commit crimes on my I mean, he came out hard really? i watched that shit and i was like god damn fdx sam mcfrad is fucked yes yeah, yeah, i think he came out and he said um he gave a um, a recap of what happened on the stand when SBF took the stand. He's like, he said, I don't recall about 140 times. <laughs> he was they were keeping track. <laughs> Here's the thing that blows me away. People are like, oh, he'll get off. He donated all this money to politicians. Like, first of all, no, no. Second of all, Bernie Madoff pleaded guilty to 11 crimes. Right. Right. Dude got over 100 years. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. And people are like, oh, you know, Sam Bankman Friday will get off a of twenty. No, this motherfucker is going to jail permanently. They're gonna yeah. make a they're gonna make an example out of this dude. Okay? So a, a list of a few things. If you've been living under a rock, just a list of a few things that he's been convicted of. Um, he's been accused to repay his debts of the sister hedge fund company Alameda Research. Right? They were bankrolling risky investments. They bought luxury real estate all around the world. Oops, with your money. <laughs> yeah, with your money, the investors' money. And he covered hundreds of millions of dollars in political donations. Pled not guilty. <laughs> I didn't do it. It was yeah. me. No, I, was, I didn't know that that was a law. Right. Yeah. Oh, I can't take people's money and buy luxury real estate? And then... Are you sure? And here's, and here's, here's the fucked up part. So his ex-girlfriend, Caroline, got on the witness stand. Harry Potter? <laughs> Harry Potter. Female Harry Potter? Right. She came out and said that one of the, th one of the many things that she said is that he instructed her to basically create these fake balance sheets. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't I'm not I'm not racist, I'm not biased, I'm not a bigot, okay? Yeah. But I'm a, I'm I'm going to say some fucked up shit, okay? We're not going to bleep this out. Why the fuck would you trust two motherfuckers that look like this with that much money? 
There is nothing about the way these people look that makes me feel like they are capable of managing my money. She looks like a Harry Potter character that had sex with Gollum, right? And he looks like Jonah Hill if he did a lot of drugs yeah. and got fat. Again. <laughs> Again. That's right. He's skinny now. Yeah, he's skinny now, but he right. once was. We can talk about them like this because they're criminals. And if Jonah Hill doesn't play SBF in a movie, the world's fucked up. It's a fucked up place. Who are you going to get better than Jonah Hill to play him? Right. You know they're talking about making movies. If someone isn't no, signing you know Jonah Hill to get, this right now. No, you know what they're going to get. They're going to get some up-and-coming actor, no name. You know what I would love to see? Jonah Hill and the girl who played Hermione Granger in Harry Potter. Oh, that'd be good. No, you know who, who would actually do a really good job? I don't know his name. The guy that uh, who played Zuckerberg in that Facebook movie. What? Yeah, he would be good, man. He'd have to gain so much weight. What? He, he could do that. He got that. He's good, man. That guy's a good actor. No, he's good, but... Do you know his name? Odin, do you know the guy's name? It escapes me at the moment. He looks just like uh, that Christopher Mintz. I don't Mintz. remember. Uh, no, yeah. um, fuck, I can't remember his name. Yeah, because... Uh, whatever. Yeah, this guy. So The guy from The Social Network, that's right. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, but... Arun doesn't know how to use ID IMDb, it's fine. <laughs> We're on IMDb. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. He's weird too, right? Like he could kind of like get into this role. I could tell. Did you ever see him in? Um, I think that's the only movie of his I saw. The uh, the fuck the end. Um, oh, this is the end. This is the end. He was in that movie. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Was it him or was the other one? That was him, wasn't it? I don't think he was in that movie. No, I think you're thinking about somebody else. Ah, oh, damn. Is it, the other actor looks just like him? Yeah, too. the other guy. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. The one that Rihanna slapped. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real slap too. You want to tell your wife why you remember that scene? Why? No, I don't. I just, I just literally saw it the other day. What are you talking about? He grabbed ago, her. Bro. He grabbed her ass, right? Yeah. She, you don't touch my boom boom or whatever. Uh, it was called, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can never make that movie anymore. So, so this guy's gonna get a wild sentencing. How does the sentencing work exactly? So there is people don't realize this, which is shocking to me, that federal prison is not a fucking joke. Now there are different levels, right? <laughs> I think they realize federal prison. No, is not a joke. people, people on Come social on, media. Dude. I've been seeing the comments, man. People are like, "Ah, oh, fuck, man, he's gonna get off, man. He's fine, man." No, no, it's federal prison, man. They call it federal fuck me in the ass prison because it's a problem. I'm gonna be really upset if Caroline doesn't get some prison time too. Oh, for you, sure she you, is. You can't just come out and just like throw this guy under the bus and think you're gonna walk but away. But you know what though? She's exhibited culpability. She's pleaded, like you know, she she's acknowledge that this shit's fucked up. He's like, I don't do nothing wrong. Oh, oh man, and these court case, these courtroom sketches are getting out of hand. Yeah, I, first of all, God bless. For, why do we have courtroom sketches what anymore? What is this? I know. can't take a picture? Yeah, get a new job. What's so bad about taking a photo? Just take a photo. What's I the mean, big deal? You don't have to like record it, like the audio. Just take a photo every once in a while. No, why is it going to look at some fucked up picture? Yeah, we're not telling. It's not like we're asking you to go Instagram live. I mean, this isn't even cartoon worthy. Get somebody who's serious about this shit in there. I, I swear, some of these people that are, it's like they're straight from Magic Mountain. Yeah. That are, that are coming over here. <laughs> You're the guy making characters at Disneyland, aren't you? I yeah. can tell. Yeah, exactly. And like, what, what, did, what did she do to you and make her face look so fucked up? Yeah, but some of them aren't as fucked up. Some of them are really good. Yeah, I know. The, they made Sam Bakeman Fry look like uh, Rob Lowe. I thought that was a joke. For the first couple of days it was out, I'm like, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, oh, my God, it's real. No, it's real. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're that artist, you're like, oh, fuck this guy. But, okay, so there is a schedule, right? And it comes down to the number of crimes against you, how serious they are. And there's a lot of judge's discretion involved in this, right? So he's facing north of 110 years as a maximum. Goddamn. And I got to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he got that or close to it because the nature of his crimes is bad enough. It hits a certain dollar amount trigger. I think the minimum you're, you're talking here just to get the party started is, is north of like 25, 30 years is like the lowest you could ever be sentenced. But given his lack of culpability, like he hasn't come out and accepted responsibility. Right. Given the fact that, that so many people in the organization have testified to his cavalier nature. The fact that he roped celebrities into this and the magnitude of the scams and the magnitude of the losses, Madoff's was a bigger Ponzi scheme than this was. But, I mean, I would argue that the leveraging technology, all these things are multipliers in the Fed system. Yes, exactly. So, as a result of that, I mean, you're going to get a, a pretty harsh sentence for this dude. They're going to make an example out of him. And, and, and it's it's going to be a warning shot across the bow to everybody who kicked the table. Everybody in the crypto space, if you fuck around, you're going to find out. Right. Yeah. I know. So when she when she admitted to basically forging some of these balance sheets, because they they make these balance sheets and they give it to their lenders, yeah, right. And then 
they all they do is certify that it's accurate. No, their accountant right? was one dude in like an apartment. It, it was such a random ass like auditing like account. It was so weird. And then what blows me away is that people were giving them money based on this one random ass like accounting firm's right Alameda Research's right balance sheet. It's wild. But yeah, I mean, if you know the system, you know how the money works. You there there you can manipulate the loopholes. Now I will tell you when you do that, you face federal fucking charges. Yeah, exactly. You know you got a problem. But I will tell you, you know who does this a lot and gets away with it all the time? Mm. All these assholes in the Forbes billion dollar billionaire list. Oh yeah. There are so many people trying to manipulate their balance sheet and their net worth and their income statement to try to be on that goddamn list. It's unbelievable. Now, it's not criminal. It's just stupid. Yeah. yeah. That's why you can't trust that Forbes list. Forbes is not what it once was, man. The name sounds all sexy and cachet, but yeah, everything's for sale there. Yeah. Bro, I could put you on the billionaire list. You want to give me $100,000? Let's do it. You, you want it? Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's find a way to do it. Like let's make a mockery of the whole system. <laughs> <laughs> Call it the higher standard. There was a guy, there was an article that came out about him. Uh, it was an Asian guy. I can't remember his name. He was literally from China, I think, that um, that was spent, like, years trying to get on the Forbes list. Uh-huh. And they caught him lying, like, multiple times, but he like, keeps resubmitting every single year and, like, manipulating his numbers, and they like, keep calling bullshit on it. Yeah. And, he's, I mean, the guy's worth, like, hundreds of millions. Like, this is the guy you're going to call bullshit on? They call bullshit on him. Jesus. And they put out an article about how... <laughs> How much he already tried. It's like, bro, I'm so fucked up. Yeah, let it go, man. Yeah, it is. Oh, this guy desperately faking riches inside a Hong Kong businessman's outlandish efforts to get on the Forbes billionaire list. This, this from Forbes. <laughs> Forbes posting their own articles about this. Bro, guy? this story on Forbes and Arun, put this in the show notes because the the story is fucking crazy. I'm gonna have to read this. The one links on. this dude went to. He, so this car, he said was his, and he, he valued as an asset. Bro, this is stock footage. He just took the stock footage on the left of the car in front of a, a high-end like luxury store. Yeah. And put him in the photo. <laughs> he just photoshopped himself in. How long ago is this? It wasn't that long, man. It was, I literally, literally read it earlier this year. Before AI, this job could be done a lot easier for him now than nowadays. Oh, AI is amazing, and man. Deep fakes are so much easier now. For those of you on the YouTube channel, you ever see like our, our clips... Where we have like the shorter, obviously, than the podcast uh, videos and the thumbnails that are there. It's usually Saeed's face or my face next to a picture and a caption. Yeah. Right? Those pictures are almost always generated in part by AI. That's so cool. That's been an interesting You've gotten really, curve. really good at that. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Asking a prompt. I'm prompting, baby. Should we, um, should we get into these reviews? Yeah. Let's do it. These are three spectacular rev- reviews. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to miss them. Three reviews. Let's go with the first one. This one from Rossley83, feeling smarter, even if I'm not. Five stars. You are smarter. Yeah. I got five-starred reasons as to why you are. Yeah, twice a week you get smarter. Yeah, every goddamn week. Day in, day out. No days off unless you're a (laughs) room. Hashtag no days off. Let's go. Despite. (laughs) God, why you got to call him out like that? What are you talking about? Except for all Why? (laughs) Isn't he going to, like, Belize or some shit? Oh, he is going to Belize. That's right. We're going to miss him. Hey, if you wear rainbows to the studio here on a cold night, what do you wear to the beach in Belize? Rainbows? Nothing. Those are so you have no, like, nerve endings in your feet? Like, you have no sense of temperature change? Nope. You ever get bug bites on your feet? Nope. <laughs> I leave this guy alone, man. He likes he, his rainbows. No, nah, he's just like Liver King out there. He's figured out, like, a, like a natural way to, like, ground yeah. himself. All right, whatever. Yeah, exactly. All right, so... Uh, Despite being called goofy in the last episode because I grew 11 inches over one summer in high school. Me too, bro. I mean, not me, clearly. Well, Win some, you lose some, I guess. Does, does your booty girth count? <laughs> yeah, that does count. <laughs> <laughs> the girl, he's laughing. He's laughing. <laughs> I'm putting that laugh in the show, even though he was on mute. <laughs> and never recovering athletically, I have to shout out my appreciation to the team. I've been watching from the bushes for about a year now, but I'm finally ready to proclaim my affections to the Triforce of Financial Literacy. Proclaim your affections while watching from the bushes, huh? What are you doing? Triforce. Know. Yeah. What kind of affections? A lot of porn references in that. So, <laughs> I, like, I see what he's doing. So you were having a threesome in the bushes? Yeah, clearly a listener of the show with the yeah. under- sexual undertones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you, tour- you porn got his name, right? <laughs> the, way, the way the complex concepts of the economy, markets, and real estate trends are broken down into easily understandable terms has changed the way I look, react, and proactively position myself to ensure my future security. Wow. I know. The added bonus is 
I can discuss these topics with people who don't listen, despite my recommendation, and I sound like GD Nostradamus. Goddamn Nostradamus. Goddamn. Nostradamus. I love the humor, sarcasm, and interactions of everyone and how they can discuss serious things without taking themselves too seriously. I am a fan for life and say they earned every star and every word of this wow. honest five-star rating and review. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was, that was. Thank you very yeah, much. That was impressive. We, we appreciate you. That was a good one. Yeah, that was hard to beat, but there's two more. There's two more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. This one, captioned THS. I like it. Simple. Short, sweet. Effective. Straight to the point. wonder what they're referring to. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> From Santi Ek. Here's my honest five-star review. I've been listening to the show since first hearing about it in the Baller Busters Insta about two years, and I can't stop listening to it. Mm. Wow. I love the content, the friendly banter between the host and MC, and their take on current events. Great job, guys, and wishing much more success. Thank I you. love that. We wish for it, too. Yeah. Every day, especially when it is approximately 1137 at night, mm -hmm. and we don't have our families nearby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> your your family's nearby. Yeah, Our families are nearby. Yeah, You'll be driving a while over there. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And the last one, last but not least, this one. I'm going to hold this person accountable. Wait, I'm going to find this person. Reach out to me on Instagram. I want to make sure. I want to know who Raul is. Raul from Texas. I don't leave reviews. Five stars. You do now, Raul. Yeah. We love you, though. We do love you. I never leave reviews, but the show is fantastic. I'm a rookie real estate investor with four rentals in Texas. And My man. And also believe real estate needs a corrects. I think a correction. The podcast has 233 reviews right now, and my value add will be getting at least 50 more reviews for y'all from Texas. Raul. First of all, I love Texas. Shout out to everybody out there. I love Texas. Got property in Texas. I'm a big fan of the Dallas area. I've spent a lot of time there. And I got to tell you, the state is is a magical, beautiful place to be, particularly because, you know, taxes are much better there than they are here. Let's go visit Texas. I very much considered moving there. We should do a, we should actually go and do like a, a listener meetup out there. Mm. It'll be you, me, Arun, and probably Raul. Arun should start up his, uh, you know you want to start a show back in the day. A show? Yeah. Like what, what kind of show? What was it, Arun? You want to go around breweries all across the nation. I want to go around to breweries and interview um, either business owners or just people in general, just hardworking guys at, or women. How to wow. say that. Oh, inclusive. Nice. Now yeah. you've just what, defended what, the whole entire. What, yeah. LGBTQ what about they, them? Plus. Yeah. I mean, what was your pronouns? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's also offensive. It's very offensive. Are you going to say that it's not offensive tonight? <laughs> yeah. How, how offensive can you be? I mean, seriously. Just Are you guys tempting? Don't use the word midget, okay? Whatever yeah, you do. Yeah, come on, don't stop. We gotta have to, we're gonna have to beep out both these. No, moments. I'm saying you can't say that word. Yeah, you can't even. No, you can't even think it. That we're, seems harsh. We're gonna oh, get come canceled, on, man. We're gonna get canceled, man. I'm looking out for you. You know, I get everyone it. thinks things. They just keep it to themselves now. I know. I gotta be honest. This is gonna be messed up. So, <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, me, hold on. If you're gonna cancel oh, us, now's a good time to leave the show. <laughs> we're ending the show. The just, just to be clear, girl. like if there was a community that was gonna be offended. That's got to be like the smallest one in terms of numbers, right? In terms of numbers, don't be that guy. Christopher. Christopher. God damn, man. Oh, that's, Not, that's wildly inappropriate. He's <laughs> crying. Wildly inappropriate. Oh, dude, you got anything left for the show, man? Oh, dude, you got anything for the show? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go anymore. I'm going to say it both. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>